0: Good evening, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Arden Mac. Tonight, we have a lot to talk about, especially regarding what's going on in the news with, um, with our pre- the president and uh, different stuff going on. Um, and we also have um, other stuff, including Martin Luther King Day um, and Israel News, all coming up. We're also going to go through the rabbi from the Texas shooting. We're going to discuss about that, all coming up. Good evening everyone welcome to the podcast my name is Ari Mack. today what a day and what a week especially um, we have a an amazing week um, especially in podcasting especially in podcasting world um, we had um, we, spoke, we spoke to um, a few people, or we're going to speak to a few people, and about the uh, Jewish organizations. We're going to try to get um, about um, speak to different people about their organizations and small business, and um, try to help them out. Listen, small business out there is um, really crucial. As of now, um people are trying to get their business up, and it's really hard to open a small business out there, and what we're trying to do is, we're trying to boost up businesses, and um, I think it's needed. So, if you have a small business and you'd like to join our podcast, and would like to know... Um, how to do it, please comment below on the podcast, um, it would be great, and also, we need your support, um, we need your support, that's the second thing, by supporting us down on clicking the link, wherever the, wherever you're listening on, um, as much as you can, we need your support As much as you can, because without this, we are not going... We can't do any podcast without anyone's support. So, um... Every single penny, or any amount of money, can lead to everything. So, we still have a sponsor. Um... Called My Pillow, but we need your support. Um, we're looking for everyone's support right now. My Pillow is actually a great sponsor of ours. Um, there, they still have the sale going on of the um, standard My Pillows. Um, normal price is sixty nine ninety eight. Their sale ends. On January thirty first, twenty twenty two, uh you can use the promo code best sixty six at mypillow.com. All right. Um, let's speak about what's going on in the news and then we will we will get into what's going on with our podcast um and announcements about our podcast. Later on this evening, Um, we have a lot of videos, but we have a few emails. Getter has announced that last weekend. From the Trump rally, Getter announced that they said live streaming RSBN had six hundred and twenty two thousand views. Um and Newsmax was almost a million viewers i used su- to i kept on switching off because um because um i wanted to see i wanted to see the view of different um different places you see, Getter, I mean, you see, RSBN had a, um, had a, uh, amazing, um, view. That what they did is they gave cameras, actual cameras, to people. What I mean to, to, to people is they got, they got, um, they gave they gave actual cameras to their um to their um to their workers while they were standing in different areas and then they and then they would show different cameras while they would switch off to different cameras and show different views. It's amazing. So that's that's getter. It's an amazing thing. Alright, let's go to the next um thing. Fake news um says Trump path back the to the White House isn't in twenty twenty four. All credit to Brent Cates goes by Thundersum. Sub stack for this one. Kate's incredible article about Donald Trump. I don't like to say about this. Um he says that the I believe that um I was trying to read it but it wasn't it's not as good as you think, but I'm not gonna read down here But whatever. Because whatever. I don't believe what this guy says. Alright, next. In New Jersey. You got to hear this one, guys. Another attempt. To limit Murphy's pandemic powers in New Jersey. The Republicans are um, in New Jersey. Legislature will try again to limit Phil Murphy's pandemic powers, guys. um, How many times can a governor have power in health in health orders? Democrat leadership declined to extend the. Murphy's Extraordinary Authority earlier this month through the legislation forcing Murphy to declare a new public health in order to continue the executive order governing um, pandem- pandemic response. That, that includes the controversial mask mandate. Um, at this time some Democrats, Democrats also rejected the GOP proposal that would have severely limited Murphy's powers by limiting any executive order to 15 days unless extended by the legislature. Dean O. a Republican of Monmouth County, plans to re- reintroduce a similar measure. Many New Jerseyans agree. It's simply too much power. One person willed, O. said in a statement and referred to the astonishing amount of power the governor of New Jersey has when declaring a public health emergency. New Jersey has one of the most, most powerful executive branches of government in the U.S. with complicity Few checks and balances when it comes to implementing policies through executive orders. Under current law, a public health emergency can be declared by the government without legislature, legislative approval. The declaration expires in 30 days, but can be renewed by, in, per, per trip, in power, by the governor without consent by law of lawmakers a bill would sp- still permit emergency declarations but after expiring 30 days they cannot be renewed without approval and consent by the legislature if the legislature does not approve the extension the governor would be prohibited from issuing another declaration for the same emergency Or that substantially similar effect. Thanks likely to the... There there is likely to be a little... To be little bipartisan support for the measure, but... Um, yeah. So, in this case... Um, the... We are going, this is a bipartisan vote, and I think it's going to be crazy. All right, next, on to the next bill. New Jersey bill cracking down on theft the, of delivery packages, now a law. The combat porch packages thefts, um, which are most popular during the holiday season, assembling Robert Robert Ka- Karabinek. Senator Gordon Johnson and Assemblyman Raj Makaraj sponsored a legislation to crack down porch pirates. Crimes bolster state penalties for package thefts from New Jersey homes. The measure was signed into law on Tuesday. Package theft is a growing in problem for online consumers, Karmanek said. As the popularity, popularity of online shopping has increased, unfortunately, so has the act of stealing those deliveries from homes before residents retrieve them. This downside to have your um, purchases delivered, but not one should be without a penalty of and any recourse. recourse. So this bill means the new law formally billed named Defense Against Porch Pirate Act would make a theft um theft of delivered packages containing of an item of under seventy five thousand dollars or is of an undetermined amount of a crime third degree of the third degree which would upgrade the crime to vast majority of packages taking residential properties, a crime of third degree of the third degree punishable by the term imp- imprisonment of the three to five years fine up to fifteen hundred or both. So this is this is amazing and should be done. Our next the um Hatsala bill. Um this morning on Monday, New Jersey Governor signed the, um the um Hatzala bill. This this bill allows for volunteers paramedics to respond to calls start treatment pa- on patients um before arrival on the second paramedic. Additionally, paramedics were are no longer um um are no longer required to wear uniforms until now. Um New Jersey state law had prohibited um a paramedic from being beginning to administration treatment before the arrival of a second paramedic. If the paramedic was not wearing a Uniform until now, Hatzala of New Jersey, in New Jersey operated um, under a waiver of, from the New Jersey Department of Health, which which expe- ex- exempted them from these requirements. The waiver was set to expire in the coming weeks, and its renewal was uncertain, jeopardizing Hatzala's ability to respond in. Emergency situations. Over the past few weeks, um, Deputy Assembly Speaker Gary Shearer, along with uh, Assemblyman Greenwald and Assembly Conway, Senator Goppel, Senator Singer, sponsored illustration, would rem- redeem, remedy um, this situation permanently, allowing volunteers paramedics to respond to calls, treat patients without um, the arrival of a second paramedic. And without uniforms, the, the, the legislation passed both chambers of the of the New Jersey legislations un- unanimously, and was signed into law today by Governor Murphy. In just a few weeks, um, we saw how critical the, this legislation is. Avi Shna, director of Aguda, of I wish thank thanked um, the deputy, chair and Sen- Senator Singer for working swiftly to the purpose of legislation and shepherd it through um, the lawmaking process before the end of the legislative season. In short, Hatsala can continue and operate. Um, we are extraordinary. Grateful Deputy Speaker, Cher, and Singer for taking the initiative on this bill and for acting urgency it required to get it signed. It is not every day that we can get a bill for life-saving. This bill is just for that. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. All right. Moving on to the next thing. Um the voting activist a voting activist um speaks out about his grandfather. Listen to this. Hang on.
1: I don't think I'm going to go to the march. gonna say my name is Demario Cooper. I'm from Akron, Ohio. I drove here last night uh, in my car because I didn't want to get stuck in the airport. Um, and it was a tough drive. You know, some of it was like a lot of storms, like an actual winter storm. And other parts were smooth sailing. But I drove here. I got here this morning at 2 a.m., And I was like, I don't think I'm going to go to the march because I'm tired. But then something was like, DeMario, get up and go to this march. right?" So I get up, I go to the march, I almost miss it. And then I end up in the back of the line when I get to the march. And right when we got to the Frederick Douglass Bridge, if y'all was there, the sun came out. Came out, didn't it? It came out for that moment. And when we left that bridge, the sun went away. If you was there, if you was there, that's what really happened. As soon as y'all got to the front of that bridge, the sun came out. And it had me thinking, now here I am on the bridge, Frederick Douglass' bridge, that has been renovated because...
0: Alright, I had enough. Alright. Um, this guy, he's just speaking about Frederick Douglass Bridge. Now, let me look up who is Frederick Douglass Bridge and why is he speaking about it? It's a black person, of course. Frederick Douglass was a bro- um, a black person. Where is Frederick Douglass Bridge? Hang on. It is in, man, that's a beautiful bridge, by the way, it's in, in Washington, actually in Maryland, In Maryland, man, oh man, Frederick Douglass Bridge in D.C., oh man. Um. next and I don't like the idea of him saying that alright next thank you.
2: thank you very much Martin what an honor it is personally and officially to be here with the family of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King to hear Yolanda speak about the future and what this all means to young people how proud her grandparents are and to hear Andrea talk about what is at stake in all of this couldn't be more clear. And Martin, thank you for the challenge that you have put forth. It is my honor also to be here with some of the leadership of the House. The leader of the Congressional Black Caucus made it for us working with Eric Holder and, and uh, John Sarbanes and others to, and Mr. Clyburn to make sure this legislation the Freedom to Vote Act was passed. And Terry Sewell has been the author of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act even before it was called that. She's been for it for years and advocating relentlessly, and you will hear from them. Let me just say that to what the uh, family had to say about the history and the prospects, let us just say amen. In Congress, we'd say I associate myself with the remarks
0: why are we saying amen to that goodness gracious uh no I would never say amen to that yeah you know, why because it's ridiculous all right next
3: realtor.com's new collaboration tools
4: The Los Angeles, the place I left,
5: it's going great over there. Things are going just fantastically well. If you've been wondering where your missing package went from FedEx or Amazon or UPS, the answer is it's probably on the train tracks over in L.A.
0: That's true. I was watching um, Greg Kelly and Stinchfield and all these amazing people. Um... And they were covering this. What well, about the leftist news? Uh, you know what they're doing? Let's read about it. Let's turn on the leftist news. They're speaking about this.
4: We're learning new details about what Donald Trump was doing ahead of the January 6th insurrection.
6: Senator Josh Hawley, the first senator to announce that he would be objecting to the results of the fair and secure 2020 no, well, president. S-
7: well,
8: this week, Governor Ron DeSantis effectively asked the state legislature for his very own election. police.
0: Um, that's what this the uh, people are talking about. That's CNN, by the way. Um, don't believe them. It's fake news folks what the um what they're trying to do is they're trying to um make a make you believe that this this voting rights system um is needs to be needs to be pushed what they're trying to do is they're trying to push for this voting system in order to get this in power of our hands, and more fraud can happen in this. Right. right, let's go on to the next one.
9: We paused and prayed. Last week, Vice President Harris and I visited Atlanta, Georgia, the cradle of civil rights in America. We paused and prayed at the crypt of Dr. and Mrs. King. We met members of their family, Dr. Bernice King, Martin Luther King III, his wife, Andrea, his daughter Yolanda. We met students who were changing the world.
0: By the way, I read an article today um that Biden and it's already a year later. Um five fifty two weeks of terribleness, of course. Um nothing done. He had a war, and he had a, that failed. Literally freaking failed. Um, I never said that um on air, from any president in my life, except for Biden, or even Prime Minister. I never said that, I mean, except for Iran, or even um, Iraq. Or Syria. They're always fighting. Or even North Korea. But Biden has been in been out of the White House for three months straight. Out of those three months is ninety days um out of office, what the flip is he doing? He's been in Delaware, Camp David, 40 days in Camp David, 3 months at in Delaware, by the way. Folks, it's really crazy. And he has two houses. I don't know where his second house is, but it's really really crazy. And he does he does his um dirty business in his Delaware home. That's where he does his dirty work. Next, in the Israel news, let's go to Israel and hear what's going on with Netanyahu.
10: In other news, former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu inching closer and closer to a plea agreement regarding the three corruption trials in which he's involved. But what's in the deal, and will Bibi accept the terms? Here for the update, ILTV reporter Asaf Nisan.
11: Asaf, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you know, what are some of the developments that we've seen in the last uh, 24, 48 hours? So over the, over the last forty eight hours, specifically, actually, if we want to be more precise, so we say the twenty four hours, ever since the deal came out and all the noise came around it, we've seen that last night, former Prime Minister Netanyahu and his family met at the house of Boaz were one of their lead account, one of their lead counsels, in the decision whether or not to accept the potential plea deal. Now, as we see, Netanyahu's family is very against it. We hear. Mm-hmm. So of course, prominently, since he 's also saying that she 's not going to let a pencil pusher in a word decide the fate of her husband she doesn 't believe he 's to blame, and the kids didn 't say any personal opinions, but they're also like pretty much against it and, but on the other hand, we do see a lot of support coming from the lawyers themselves, telling him that especially his senior lawyers Bosman To, who also said this, this is one of the best deals you can get
10: is that uh, all right i 'll get to that question later. I guess so, you know who in fact will decide? If Netanyahu then will take the deal, is it really
11: just Netanyahu? Is it up to him at the end of the day? In the end of the day, it is up to Netanyahu, because it's his life on the line. With all the respect to Saga and Yair, who both have, you know, predominantly a strong place in support in Netanyahu, Bibi himself is the one who has to decide in the end of the day. So I don't see anyone else who would be able to tell Mandelblit if and when they are agreeing to the plea deal. All right. Was there an official request sent to
10: uh, Attorney General Mandelblitz's office for this plea agreement. You know, how how did it initiate exactly?
11: So it initiated pretty much with the fact we're seeing a Attorney General Mandelbit reaching his end of his term. And of course, one of the things he had throughout his tenure and led with is the Netanyahu trials. Now taking those out is one of his most important things. He wants to take he wants to take off the table. That's why he's talking about voting for an agreement. Now we're not seeing anything coming from the Netanyahu side. Yet no official plea deal, no requests. But we know it's been talked around, and of course, with the latest reports, we know that Netanyahu is thinking about it seriously. Is is this plea deal coming now to prevent
10: a long drawn out court case, uh, you know, an embarrassment for the state, or is it
11: because Netanyahu's attorneys believe that this is his best chance? So it's a good question, and I would say probably more towards the fact they want, they think this is the best option they can get. Hmm. I don't see anything else because I don't think there's a reason to embarrass the state that much. I mean, Netanyahu fought for his innocence up to now, but now that he knows there's a potential deal that would also take up most of his charges, including the absolute annulment of Case 2000, which is by itself a big issue, you know, that would probably be the reason they decided they said, you know, let's go for it. All right. And so, you know, could Mandelblit Make
10: this deal, and and again, what about the moral turpitude issue? Because you, you mentioned, of course, case two thousand being thrown out, but that's another big issue as far as Netanyahu is concerned.
11: So, first of all, it's a good question because because we do see AG Mandelblit does want to end this, does want to take off, off his plate and be the one who finalized the issue with Netanyahu. Now, will it happen? It's a good it's a good chance it won't because a it's only two weeks left for his official term and B, we're talking about an issue that even if he decides yes and says yes to, the entire people involved in it, which is about 20 people, have to sit and decide on each clause specifically. Now, the biggest talks, of course, are demoting the crimes on Case 4000 and 1000 to smaller misdemeanors. But, one of the things we also know that the moral turpitude issue will not go away. I mean, we know Monday does want to lead with this and of course, we're hearing voices from opposition and coalition saying that this has to come in this has to be part of the decision. All right, now I, I think one of the biggest twists here is coming from former Knesset
10: member and, uh, and Channel 14 reporter, Inon Magal, starting a crowdfunding uh, on
11: behalf of Netanyahu. You want to tell me a little bit more about that? So basically ever since we, I think ever since we talked about the plea deal, Enon Magal decided to, op, to open up a crowdfunding, helping former Prime Minister Netanyahu actually aid in his, aid in his legal expenses. Now we know the campaign itself raised over two and a half million shekels out of five million, which is amazing. We're talking. In a li- day. We're talking literally in a day, half of the amount was already, was already settled in. So that's amazing. By, by itself, it would be
0: All right, next.
11: Get trained to become a comedy I've
12: been doing this for 40 years. I've been doing this for 40 years. just the worst it's ever been. Eric Gensinger owns this used car lot in Garfield. He says before the pandemic, it was normal to have about 60 cars in a lot. But now, sometimes there may only be a few.
13: There's really nothing around. The manufacturers were shut down, so there's no parts. You just can't get the stuff you need. And if you have cars, you gotta keep to, keep to the price. Because once you sell it, you're gonna have to pay more to replace it. And right now, the consumers, they gotta pay. You know, because we gotta pay. We don't get them for free. A trickle-down effect being
12: felt by dealerships and buyers all across New Jersey. Since car manufacturers haven't been able to adequately produce parts and chips needed within the last two years, there's been a decrease in the number of new vehicles, forcing consumers to look for used ones instead. But the supply just isn't there.
14: The the car business is a global business. You need 100% of the parts to finish construction, to finish the build-out of the car. Uh, And you may be waiting... um, months to get the final
15: 10% of the parts you need.
12: New Jersey Coalition of Automotive Retailers Executive Director Jim Appleton says in the past, buyers could expect to pay less money for cars because the supply was high. Now that those factors are in reverse, if a car is available there usually isn't much room for movement in the price. A new government report released last week found used car prices surged up 37 percent in 2021, while the cost of a new car went up 11 percent in that same time.
14: Dealers are uh, doing the best that they can uh, to help customers find the vehicles that they need. Um, You know, it's um, not a you know, it's not an ideal situation for a dealer to have to tell a customer that the color or the trim package that they're looking for just isn't available to them or won't be available for perhaps months. Um, and so, you know, that's always a...
0: It's ridiculous and it's crazy. It's because of Brandon Joe Body. Let's go to the next one.
4: COVID-19 ...protections to put in place for their workers. Senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports on the reaction to the ruling from New Jersey's business community. We think it's the absolute right outcome. Uh, this is something
16: we have advocated for. Business leader Michelle Sukurka cheered the U.S. Supreme Court 6-3 ruling that struck down President Biden's COVID or test mandates for companies employing more than 100 workers. Sukurka said bosses feared federal vaccination requirements falling on top of the great resignation. With a mandate like this
6: and a hiring and retention crisis like we have here in New Jersey, in fact, across the country today,
16: this type of mandate
6: only would have caused more and more
16: challenges. The mandate could have impacted more than 4,800 Jersey work sites employing 1.4 million workers and some 80 million employees nationwide. That's one reason the High Court called the proposed regulations, quote, a blunt instrument, overly broad, with no distinctions based on types of industries or relative risk levels. The alternative test mandates also looked expensive and confusing, Sukirka noted. There's costs, there's challenges
6: on what's type of testing and do you do testing you know right in the workplace do you bring a nurse in to do the testing will you allow people to do home tests what's a valid test what
16: isn't a valid test one survey showed 84 percent of new jersey businesses last fall had no covid vaccine mandate and that 46 percent of employers don't believe in them anyway about 18 percent do believe in covid shots but worry about employee backlash about the same are
0: it's ridiculous and it's getting ridiculous more. We're going to continue talking about the COVID, um, medical stuff very soon, in a a few minutes. But first, um,
4: Friday night, threatening a chemical, the cause of a massive industrial fire in Passaic remains under investigation tonight. The fire erupted Friday night, threatening a chemical plant with large amounts of chlorine, prompting a region-wide response and concerns of possible evacuations. More than 200 firefighters from four counties battled the fire along the Passaic River at a structured neighboring Qualco, a company that makes pool supplies. Residents in Passaic and nearby communities were urged to stay indoors and keep their windows closed Due to air quality concerns, firefighters prevented the flames from reaching the main part.
0: It was, um, Governor Murphy went to Passaic, by the way. Alright, next. Greg More Kelly. truth.
17: Saturday night for 90 minutes, so much truth. More truth at that Trump rally than maybe a year, maybe a decade, maybe a century of watching the fake news. It was so refreshing actually after being lied to by biden after being spun by so many the fake news of course to hear some truth and not afraid of pol- being politically correct or pol- politically incorrect it was great stuff got things started with some direct talk about ashley babbitt remember her and an out of control dope a real dope
18: i watched this guy being interviewed they wanted to protect him, so they wanted to keep him. He couldn't get on television fast enough. The guy who shot Ashley.
0: We we covered it. It was amazing. Um, Kara Lake spoke to uh, Greg.
7: The chicken for we have
0: um, the audio and video, actually. Here's her.
18: She's going to be your next governor, and we're going to end Nancy Pelosi, crazy Nancy's crooked political career,
19: once and for all. Where is Carrie? Where is Carrie? Carrie, come up here. Come, please say Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Is this the greatest president we've ever known?
17: Carrie Lake. Uh, Saturday night, Republican candidate for governor at Arizona, former Fox 10 News anchor, very, very popular. Carrie Lake, welcome to Newsmax. Uh,
19: Great job the other night. That looked great. Uh, How are you? I I can't even get over it. I'm still kind of excited and loving uh, every moment of it, the memory of it. The crowd was enormous, and President Trump was on fire. He was great. Did you get to listen to it all? I watched it
17: uh, in its entirety, and it really was something else, and we went over it in detail earlier in the show. All right, a couple things to get to. Number one, do me a favor. A lot of people in Arizona might be watching. Make your case. Why you for governor?
19: Well, why me? Because I uh, I care about this state. I've lived here for 27 years and I've covered it. And during that time, I've covered the politicians, of course, all the lies that they start to tell and they never live up to their promises. And we've seen this fast forward, especially the last couple of years during COVID. And that's why I walked away from my job in the corrupt media, because What was happening, not only with just the way the media was telling the story, but the way our government officials were shutting us down and trying to destroy our lives. We can't have these people in office anymore. We need an outsider to come in and do what's right for the people of Arizona. And we have a big swamp down here, Greg, and we're really tired of these swamp preachers always pushing for what they want and their cronies want and just leaving the people of Arizona high and dry. We have a wide open border where we have drugs pouring in every day and thousands and thousands of people pouring in, and we're tired of our elected officials doing nothing. Arizonans want a citizen politician, somebody they know and trust.
0: It's really awesome that they finally got someone who's running properly. It's really amazing. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's speak about this um, interview with uh, CBS, with the rabbi from, uh, the Texas shooting. You Noah, know Let's go to the, um, before that, let's go to the FBI, what they say.
14: This morning, federal investigators pouring over a place typically reserved for prayer. Congregation Beth Israel Synagogue, now a crime scene, after a gunman held four people hostage Saturday during a terrifying 11-hour standoff
8: could have been any of us.
14: The suspect, Malik Faisal Akram, a 44-year-old British citizen who died after the FBI
9: moved in. Today's result, which was four safe hostages and the situation resolved, was really, uh, was really a result of, of a, a, a long, long day of hard
14: work. According to a senior law enforcement official, two of Akram's teenage sons were questioned by British police on Sunday. There's no indication they are suspects. The FBI saying Akram acted alone. Investigators say it began when Akram interrupted Sabbath services Saturday morning. His voice heard making threats on the temple's Facebook live stream. Police say the 44-year-old took four hostages, including Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker, who credits active shooter training with keeping everyone calm as tensions rose. Authorities say Akram's key demand, the release of Afia Siddiqui, once known as the Lady of Al-Qaeda, who was convicted in 2010 of attempted murder of U.S. soldiers and is in federal prison just 20 miles from the synagogue.
9: We'll continue to investigate his contacts.
14: Our investigation will have global reach. The FBI says negotiators made contact early. Seven hours in, Akram released one hostage unharmed. As the hostage dialogue went late into the night, a pivotal moment. Video from WFAA shows three people leaving through what appears to be a side door as teams move in confirming Akram's death minutes later, Akram's family released a statement saying their brother suffered from mental health issues and also condemned his actions. President Biden reacting to the situation on Sunday. This was an act of terror. So
7: so Morgan, what more do we know at this point about precisely how Akram got into our country?
14: Yeah, Craig, authorities are digging into that. They confirmed that Ockram arrived back on December 29th, flying into JFK Airport. They say that his travel raised no red flags. He entered the country legally, and his initially listed destination was a hotel in Queens, although it's unclear if he ever arrived there or started making his journey here to Colleyville. Craig?
9: All right, Morgan Chesky,
7: in Texas. Morgan, thank you.
0: Fake news, by the way. He was in. He flew in JFK, but... He had some red flags.
20: Introducing Topo Chico hard seltzer.
0: i want to go to the local.
9: Texas, the I spoke this morning with the attorney general. And uh, he did a rundown. On, he said there was overwhelming cooperation with the local authorities and the FBI. And, and uh, they did one hell of a
21: job. This was an act of terror.
0: Now let's hear what the rabbi has to say.
21: There are new details that are emerging about the nearly 11-hour standoff at a Texas synagogue over the weekend. One of the four hostages Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker said on Facebook, quote, I am grateful that we made it out. I'm grateful to be alive. We feel the same, Rabbi. CBS News has learned that the rabbi spoke with President Biden yesterday. He joins us for an interview you're seeing first on CBS Mornings. Rabbi, good morning to you. We are so glad you're safe and able to be with us. You have no idea how happy we are to see you this morning. Kudos to law enforcement and negotiators that got you out. And so I want to know how you're processing all of this. I saw interviews with some of your congregation over the weekend that said it was terrifying just watching it. I can't imagine what it was like for you and your fellow hostages to be there.
22: Well, it was terrifying. It was overwhelming. Uh, And we're still processing it's uh, it's been a lot.
10: It's um, it's completely overwhelming.
21: Yeah, you know, I, I saw interviews with law enforcement officials who were crediting.
0: It would have not happened if they had security and an, a armed person. At the door.
21: You, with being so calm and collected, during this time.
0: It's so ridiculous. How the, um. The news takes it. Let's go to the next.
10: And ILTV was thankfully there to celebrate. Barney Shamroth with the story. Moving on. Eight months have passed since the deadly riots in Akko that divided the Jewish and Arab residents of the city. But the locals finally experiencing their comeback. And ILTV was thankfully there to celebrate. Barney Shamroth with the story. (laughs)
3: city of Akko, a city that was once ruled by Romans, Ottomans, and Crusaders, and is today a shared society of Jews, Muslims, and Christians. Just a few months ago, on these very streets, the city was rattled to its core when rioters tried to burn down the old city. Today, we are here looking at the rebuilding of the establishment in an attempt to heal the broken promises and trust that was made months ago, in an attempt to heal and build the city onwards. So, come with us and see what the city of Ako has to offer.
0: It's amazing. That's what Israel does. Next.
20: I have come to the conclusion, the FBI needs to be disbanded.
0: Listen to this, what Stinchfield has to say.
20: Broken up and rebuilt. For a while now, it has become clear, the FBI favors fighting the less political battles over fighting crime. This weekend, when a deranged Islamic terrorist by the name of Malik Faisal Akram <laughs> took four hostages at a Texas synagogue and demanded the release of another terrorist known as Lady Al-Qaeda... Ife Siddiqui, a woman serving 86 years for plotting to shoot American military officers in the Afghanistan, he wanted her released, the FBI's special agent in charge, Matthew DiSarno, offered up this nonsensical but oh-so-politically-motivated statement.
9: We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work. To find motive. Not related to the Jewish
20: community. This is our FBI. So let me spell this out. An Islamic terrorist travels to America to take Jewish hostages on the Sabbath, no less, and then demand the release of another terrorist who wanted her juror's DNA test.
0: It's really crazy how the FBI reacts to it. Alright, next, the fake news. More of the he fake news. He demands
13: belief in an alternate history. This weekend, Donald Trump's political party making it clear. He demands belief in an alternate history and commands loyalty for the future. And in
18: 2024,
0: the fake we news are going to take
18: it. back the White House.
0: I'm, I'm really Trump's surprised in their- that the M- NBC covered this. I'm really surprised. I wanted to play this Arizona, and I'm it. a
13: spectacle of loyalists. Folks, this is our 1776 moment. We will get our country back. Focused almost solely on Trump's indignation over 2020.
5: Who won the election?
6: You're right, Trump won!
13: And his false claims of mass fraud.
6: We know they rigged the machines.
13: These claims have no merit. But the embrace of the conspiracy theory is the centerpiece of who Trump welcomes into his political party.
5: What do we want?
6: Indictments! When do we want
13: them? But this is 2022, and Trump is fighting for his power back. Now, in the state that has been a barometer for that power. In July 2015, he held his first mega rally with thousands here. But in the last three years, Joe Biden, Mark Kelly, and Kirsten Cinema. All won the state. And it's why he's back now. Welcome to Arizona, Mr. President. He is trying to lift up a supporting cast running in 2022. Individuals who could help him in 2024, including Carrie Lake, a one-time well-known news anchor here. She's now Trump's pick for governor.
19: Anybody who was involved in that corrupt, shady, shoddy election of 2020... Them
13: up. Trump isn't just playing kingmaker. Tonight, he's taking on a potential rival within his own party, Republican governor and rising star Ron DeSantis.
0: This is a fake news, by the way. This thing is fake news. Listen to this.
13: Thank you, Ron. And everybody needs to support Ron DeSantis. Trump had endorsed DeSantis in his winning bid for governor. But now Axios and The New York Times are reporting that the former president is privately fake frustrated news, with folks. DeSantis. As Trump flirts with another presidential run in 2024, he is reportedly upset that DeSantis refuses to rule out a run against him, feeling the Florida governor is not showing enough gratitude.
0: That's fake news. <laughs> I love it. Trump still loves Ron DeSantis and will love him forever. All right, next. We have, to,
9: uh, we have to give guidance, it seems to me. Better guidance than we've been able to give. And so what I talk about here is uh, Trump has basically had a one-point plan. Open businesses. Just open.
0: Why does Biden have to talk about Trump and Trump and Trump? This is one year ago, on July 12th, 2020. And he was speaking about the impact of Martin Luther King Jr. But
9: uh, it does nothing to uh, to keep workers safe and keep businesses uh Um, able to stay open. And secondly, it has done very little to uh, generate consumer confidence. He's going down at Texas on Juneteenth, right? The first major massacre, literally speaking, of the uh, Black Wall Street, right, years ago. He's going to have a rally. He's going to have a rally. And he doesn't wear a mask. And he doesn't think this... I mean, come on. But even...
0: Come on. Because he doesn't believe in masks.
9: Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's death did. Well, what George Floyd happened to George Floyd, now you've got how many people around the country? Millions of cell phones. It's changed the way everybody's looking at this.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen. It's great. All right. Let's speak about the this week. Um, The New Jersey governor was inaugurated again for his second term. And it was really crazy. All right. Here. Here.
4: With a pledge to continue to make New Jersey stronger and fairer, Governor Phil Murphy today officially began his next four years as New Jersey's 56th governor. Murphy and Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver were sworn in for their second terms, something Democrats have not experienced here in the state in 40 plus years since Brendan Byrne was reelected. New Jersey Supreme Court Chief Justice Stuart Rapner presided over the ceremony at the Trenton War Memorial, one with a little less pop and ceremony due to COVID restrictions. Following the swearing in, Governor Murphy spoke about his priorities for the second term. They include working to reduce property taxes and making the state more affordable and growing the innovation economy. Joanna Gaggis was at the inauguration and joins me with all the day's festivities and political promises. Joanna.
23: Rhonda, earlier today, Governor Phil Murphy was sworn in as governor of the great state of New Jersey. Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver became the first woman of color ever re-elected to her position. She's actually only the second person to ever hold the position. Both were women. But the speeches today were generally optimistic. The governor acknowledging the struggles that came from a pandemic hitting in only his second year, but reminding people how hard his administration has worked to support the neediest among us, especially those hit hardest by the pandemic. But I think what was most notable was the focus on really kitchen table issues that dominated the last election and perhaps were part of the reason why many voters here in New Jersey did not vote for Governor Murphy.
22: I'm humbled to be the first member of my party to have been given the privilege of a second term in 44 years. Today, the American dream that worked for a family like mine feels out of reach for too many. And they want a New Jersey that listens to them, a New Jersey that is more affordable, especially when it comes to three of the biggest expenses facing their family and many others like theirs, health care, higher education, property taxes,
23: The governor reminding New Jerseyans that property taxes are set at the local level, and so not something he has direct control over, but saying he'd work with municipal leaders.
22: We're going to keep chopping away at property taxes. Though property taxes are not set by the state, either by me or the legislature, the decisions and investments we make directly impact their trajectory. Every dollar of new state funding for our schools and communities for local roads and libraries, and for countless other areas, is a dollar that stays in your pocket as a property taxpayer. But I'm not going to be satisfied with just slowing property tax growth. I want to get us to a place where we can begin to see them go down.
23: Murphy used the moment to contrast New Jersey against the politics of Washington, saying how much he was able to accomplish in the last four years, even while supporting those most impacted by COVID.
22: The path that has seen us partner with our public workers to save them and you billions of dollars while preserving the quality of health care. The path that is delivering a more innovative and smaller state government than four years ago. The path that has delivered 14 tax cuts and hundreds of millions of dollars in direct tax relief for our middle class working families and seniors. I pledge to you now that the next four years will not see us stray from the path of fiscal responsibility that we are on.
7: The governor talked about property taxes, which is always a reality in New Jersey. College education, fully funding. Uh, on the local level so that you provide an opportunity for municipalities hopefully to hold the line on on taxes. So I think he he did focus a lot on, on the bread and butter issues, which are always a concern for working families
19: in the state of New Jersey.
23: First Lady Tammy Murphy took a moment to acknowledge her husband's accomplishments.
19: Legislative, policy, and budget victories. In fact, Phil has already crossed off 50 of his 52 promises from his first campaign and he now has four, more years.
23: While Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver said, more work remains to be done.
21: The fight for economic, social, and political justice must be done together because they are inextricably connected. I can think of no other time in modern history where that sentiment rings truer than the past two years with us facing down a global pandemic.
23: In just a few weeks, the governor will take the stage again to deliver his budget address, where he'll outline exactly how he plans to reach some of the goals he outlined today. And then the fun starts, striking deals with the legislature and getting down to the business of governing the state.
0: Man, oh man. All right. Let's go to a better Governor
14: tonight, the fight for 2024 and the election may already be underway. Reports say
24: that former president... California Governor Gavin Newsom attacked Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for taking a no mandates, no restrictions approach to COVID-19. In a recent Yahoo! article, Newsom said... With respect, we'd have 40,000 more Californians dead if we took DeSantis' approach. I do not look for inspiration to that particular governor, to not only the pandemic, but to other policy, including the absurdity that was his woke initiative and the laughability around stopping something that doesn't exist. Meanwhile, I spoke to Governor DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pushaw, who blasted Newsom for his recent comments.
6: Gavin Newsom should worry about the problems in his own state, of which there are many, from inequality, poverty, education issues, homelessness, crime, um, even in very... Nice areas that you never would have expected. Malls are getting looted. Um, people are by lining up to buy guns for the first time in their life because they never felt so unsafe. So he has a lot of issues that he needs to worry about in his state. Why is he focused on a governor across the country who is popular, who's doing a great job, um, who's doing the right things for Floridians? It's really none of Gavin Newsom's business what Governor DeSantis is doing for Floridians. It's Floridians'
11: business.
0: California. Which is correct. Why the hell would he do that? All right, next.
7: Appreciate your your kind words and being here. Always reflect on the reality. Eric that Adams
0: encouraged uh, tourists to come to New York, I believe. Um not now, especially because the DA needs to get the hell out of there. Um, we'll speak about that in a few minutes, but listen to this woman.
2: Good morning. Two weeks ago in my state of the state speech, I proposed a whole new era for New York.
0: I also want her out. She says, um, that she wants masks mandate to end, but not so much as usual. But Beijing Olympics could expose athletes. Let's speak about that. Beijing asked. I don't want to speak about that. Next,
9: the campaign manager for President Trump and political analyst Mark Halpern. Guys, this story is resonating everywhere. Is there a rift between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, Governor
25: of Florida? Rick, I'm going to start with you. What do you know? What do you hear?
0: There's no, there's no um, rift. It's all fake news. All right. This song was played after Donald Trump's rally. Donald Trump had a new song. Listen to this song.
7: Not that
0: that one. It's called Hold On, I'm Coming. By Sam and David. It's called Hold On, I'm Coming. It's really amazing, and he's sending a message to the world. I am coming. Hold on, I'm coming. It's amazing. And he is coming, folks. He is. All right. Um. Remember this?
20: From the Montauk Lighthouse Beacon, protecting our shoreline, to the wondrous falls of the Niagara, the eternal torch of liberty. New York is a historical gateway to America.
0: It's Andrew Giuliani. He's running um, for governor. We want him for governor. Folks, please vote for Andrew Giuliani. Let's get the DA out of office. We need this New York City to function with Eric Adams and we need... We need a proper proper state. They're they're asking for right now they're asking for state police. They can't function with with anything. It's ridiculous, folks. Meanwhile, Fox News asked a reporter. Fox News reporter asked Biden this.
22: Me but I Well let's
9: let's you always ask me the nicest questions. I know you do. All right. Uh, None of them make a lot of sense to me, but I... Uh, well, let's let's try... Fire away. Come a on. A new year. Uh,
14: why are you trying so hard in your first year to pull the country
20: so far to the left?
9: Well, I'm not. I don't know what you consider to be too far to the left if, in fact, we're talking about making sure that we had the money for COVID, making sure we had the money to put together the bipartisan infrastructure and making sure we were able to provide for those things that in fact would significantly reduce the-
0: this was his, um, his press conference
9: burden on working class people, but make them they have to continue to work hard. I don't know how that is pointed to the left. If you may recall, I, uh, you guys have been trying to convince me that uh, I am uh, um, um. Bernie Sanders. I'm not. I like him, but I'm not Bernie Sanders. I'm not a socialist. I'm a mainstream Democrat, and I have been. And mainstream Democrats have overrun me. If you notice, the 48 of the 50 Repub-
0: uh, the Democrats. So- he almost said Republicans. Goodness gracious. All right, next.
19: Legislation to protect voting rights. And the first press conference 10 months ago, I asked you if there was anything you could do beyond legislation to protect voting rights. And at that time you said, yes, but I'm not going to lay out a strategy before you and the world now. Now that legislation appears to be hopelessly stalled, can you now lay out your strategy to protect voting rights?
9: Well, I'm not prepared to do that. In detail, in terms of the executive orders, I may be able to engage in, and other things I can do. But one of the things we have done, we have we have significantly beefed up the number of enforcers in the Justice Department, who are there to challenge the, these these unconstitutional efforts, in our view, unconstitutional efforts on the part of the Republicans to stack the election and subvert the outcomes. Uh, we have uh, begun to organize in ways that we didn't before the communities beyond the civil rights community to make the case to the rest of the American people what's about to happen. What will happen if, in fact, these things move forward? If I had talked to you, not you, I'm using you in an sense, if I've talked to the public about the whole idea of subversion of elections by deciding who the electors are after the fact, I think people would have looked at me like, whoa. I taught constitutional law for 20 years, a 3 credit course in separation of powers, and uh, on Saturday morning when I was a senator, and uh, I, I, I never thought we'd get into a place where, um, where we were talking about being able actually, what they tried to do this last time out, send different electors to the state legislative bodies to represent who won the election, saying that I didn't win, but Republican candidate won. I doubt whether anybody thought that would ever happen in America in the 21st century, but it's happening. And so I think, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, Nancy, is that I think that uh, there are a number of things we can do. But I also think, I think, look, I've laid out a proposal on immigration that if we passed it, we'd be in a totally different place right now. We're not there because we don't have a single Republican vote. My buddy John McCain's gone. So, I mean, it's it's just it's going to take time. And again, I go back to I, I go back to Governor Sununu's quote. How long? I mean, a rhetorical question. I don't. I know this is not fair to ask the press a question. I'm not asking you. But think about.
0: It's really ridiculous. Next.
9: We have faced some of the biggest challenges that we've ever faced in this country these past few years. Challenges to our public health, challenges to our economy, but we're getting through it. And not only are we getting through it, we're laying the foundation for a future where America wins the 21st century by creating jobs at a record pace. Now we need to get inflation under control. We have developed an extraordinarily effective booster shots and antiviral pills. Now we need to finish the job to get COVID-19 under control. I've long said it's never been a good bet to bet against the American people or America. I believe that more than ever today. We've seen the grit, determination of the American people this past year. But the best days of this country are still ahead of us, not behind us. I'm happy to take questions.
26: You were asked whether or not you believed that we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these state legislatures reforms their voting protocols. You said that it depends. Uh, do you do you think that they would in any way be illegitimate? Oh yeah, I think it easily could be illegitimate.
9: Imagine, imagine if in fact Trump is succeeding in convincing Pence to not count the votes. Imagine if
26: in in regards to 2022, sir, the 2022,
9: I mean, uh, 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 imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, the count was not legit. You have to recount it and we're not going to count. We're going to discard the following votes. I mean, sure. I'm not saying it's going to be legit. The increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is a direct proportion to us not being able to get these these reforms passed. But I don't think you're going to see – you're not going to see me, and I don't think you're going to see the Democratic Party give up on coming
26: back at assuming that the attempt fails today. One more, sir. Um, You you campaigned and and you ran on a return to civility, and I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or or George Wallace – but you said that they would be sort of in the the same camp. No, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said,
9: and tell me if you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor that they were Bull Connor. And that is an interesting reading
26: of English. You, you, I assume you got in the in the journals because you like to write. So did you expect that that would work with Senators Manchin or Cinema? Or um, no, here's argument- the
9: thing. There's certain things that are so consequential. You have to speak from your heart as well as your head. I was speaking out
26: forcefully on what I think to be at stake. There's Manchin or, or Sinema. Um, no, here's argument- the
9: thing. There's certain things that are so consequential. You have to speak from your heart as well as your head. I was speaking out forcefully on what I think to be at stake. That's what it is. And by the way, no one, no one forgets who was on the side of King or or Bull Connor. No one. not The history books will note it. When I was making the case, don't think this is a freebie. You don't get to vote this way and then somehow it goes away. This will be stick with you the rest of your career and long after you're gone.
26: Mr. President, folks,
18: I buy direct has. It's amazing that in President Biden's nearly two hour press conference, not one question was asked about the border, the crisis there. Hundreds of thousands of people streaming into the U.S. illegally, nor about the crime in the cities. Crime is soared in the United States. Murder rates have gone up and yet not one question from the media to the president on his policies and the policies of mayors, Democrat mayors mostly in cities where these crime rates have soared and district attorneys have taken a mild approach to fighting that crime or no approach at
22: all.
0: Murphy has an order. Mandating booster shots for healthcare workers and high-risk people. All right. Um, next.
27: Yes. Thank you very much for this honor, James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject.
0: This is amazing. Uh, but with
27: utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this
0: morning. James Rosen uh, took over Newsmax, um, and Emma Robinson has left. She went to um, Frank's speech and did her own does her own stuff. Um, many people are going to Frank's speech. We'll speak about that in a few minutes.
27: My Politico Morning Consult, found. 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Wow. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, so the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness. Thank you.
25: I have no idea. Yes, sir. There is a Democrat candidate running for...
0: All right, next.
25: ...they're smoking as blunt. There is a Democrat candidate running for Senate right now who is... Smoking a fat blunt in his campaign ad, and running on the platform of letting other people puff on the devil's lettuce.
1: Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana.
0: This guy's, listen to this. It's so ridiculous. I saw this ad, I was like, what the hell?
1: 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all he drug
0: himself arrests. Is Black smoking Black people are four times passport. more
1: likely to be arrested for marijuana.
0: He himself is smoking marijuana during this ad
1: laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate.
0: He doesn't even speak about the border. He doesn't even speak about any medical thing. He doesn't even mention about prisons. He doesn't mention where he's running. Goodness gracious. He doesn't even speak about guns. He doesn't even speak about anything. He just speaks about pot. Because he's black, of course. Alright, next.
6: Very
23: good. For what purpose does the gentleman from California seek... Teachers are in, result in some, revolt in so many places... Parents are at odds over closing schools and remote learning. You say, we're not going to go back to closing schools. You said that just moments ago. Uh, Yet they're closing in some areas. What do you say to those teachers and principals and parents about school closings? And what can your administration do to help make up for learning loss for students?
9: First of all, I put in perspective the question you asked. Very few schools are closing. Over 95% are still open.
0: Why is he doing this again? This stupid um, voice with the um, whispering. Oh, my God. Can we stop it, Joe?
9: So you all phrase the questions when people... I don't think it's deliberate on your part. But you phrase the question Many anybody watches this on television. My God, there must be... All those schools must be closed. What are we going to do? 95%!
0: Once again with this stupid wh- whispering.
9: We're still open, number one. Number two, the idea that parents don't think it's important for their children to be in school, and teachers know it as well. That's why we made sure that we had the ability to provide the funding through the Recovery Act, through the act that we the, the first act we passed, to be able to make sure schools were able to be safe. So we have New ventilation systems available for them. We have the way they handle, they scrub down laboratories. And, and I mean, the laboratories kids go to to go to the bathroom, uh, cafeterias, buses, etc. All that money's there. There's billions of dollars made available. It's there. Uh, not every school district has used it as well as it should be used, but it's there. And so in addition to that, there is now another $10 billion for testing of students in the schools. So I I think as time goes on, it's much more likely you're going to see that number go back up from 95 percent, back up to 98, 99 percent. But the the outfit the individuals of the district that says we're not going to be open is always going to get, and I'm not being critical of any of you, it's always going to get front page. It's always going to be the top of the news. Let's put it in perspective. 95, as high as
10: 98% of the schools in America are.
0: Got them on you. All right, next.
10: Uh, finally, I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that um, the uh, first lady, yesterday we completed the final uh, chemotherapy treatment that she has to do. So it's... Um, you know it's not the most fun thing to see someone to go through but you know at the end of the day uh you know she she she's fought really hard we think she's responded very well i mean still got more stuff to do uh but but that's a big milestone because it's uh it's it's, it's nasty stuff you know when they when they're doing that and so uh, i just wanted to let everyone know that you know she got through that uh she ran that gauntlet um she's doing well and we look forward to continue to have uh good news over the over the ensuing weeks and months so thanks everyone and god bless
27: Credit Karma helps members get approved for a credit.
8: Two hour long press conference Wednesday, the president mounted a marathon defense of his time so far. And
10: Bree Jackson has an update on the president's strategy moving forward.
5: President Biden painting a picture of progress. Despite soaring inflation, sinking approval ratings and a COVID surge. I
9: know there's a lot of frustration and fatigue in this country.
5: The president's focusing on the positives, touting more than 200 million Americans fully vaccinated, the COVID relief bill passed, along with historic investments in infrastructure and record job growth. We created 6 million new jobs, more jobs in one year than
9: any time before.
5: Still, parts of his agenda hit roadblocks.
9: I did not anticipate that there'd be such a stalwart effort to make sure that the most important thing was that President Biden didn't get anything done. Think about this, what are Republicans for? On this vote, the A's are 52, the nays are 48,
5: But it was members of the president's own party who joined Republicans in rejecting a rule change that would have allowed Democrats to pass voting rights legislation.
22: I cannot support such a perilous course for this nation when elected leaders are sent to Washington to unite our country, not to divide our country.
5: Vice President Harris vowing that the fight isn't over. The
19: president and I are not going to give up on this issue. This is fundamental to our democracy and it is non-negotiable.
5: President Biden acknowledging there's more work to be done to fulfill promises like unifying Americans. Is the country more unified than when you first took office?
9: Based on some of the stuff we've got done, I'd say yes, but it's not nearly unified as it should be.
5: With midterm elections fast approaching, the president says he'll spend less time selling his agenda on Capitol Hill and more time on the road speaking with voters. I wanted to ask you about your statement last night that
15: came out after the president's press conference. You said in that the president was
22: aware the Russians have an extensive playbook of aggression, short of military action, including cyber attacks and paramilitary actions. Was the implication?
0: All right, let's go to the next because one. The
15: midterm elections um, both easily could be illegitimate. It's uh, first on what's ahead. Uh, I attended the uh, GOP House. A leadership uh, press conference today on biden's one year oh boy did uh, <laughs> they have lots
6: of good stuff to say
15: well minority leader uh, kevin mccarthy rejected the idea that the president floated yesterday that republicans are blocking his agenda he said the white house has not approached them about his agenda outside of infrastructure what's your reaction to his words that you're not working with republicans and what's the pathway forward for uh, his larger agenda items if there is going to be a breakup of build back better
2: i would
6: say that if uh if mr mccarthy wants to come over here and have a constructive conversation about Uh, more we can do together to put people back to work, to protect people from the virus, uh, to put in place more uh, smarter security measures at the border, we'd be happy to have that conversation. I don't think that's a comment he made that's entirely on the level, given uh, we certainly have engaged with Republicans across the board, the President of the United States himself has, uh, and so I don't think that really bears out in fact.
15: Well, to his point, though, the administration, or Senate Democrats at least, Democrats, however, uh, proceeded with Build Back Better through budget reconciliation. They approached it with the intent that they would need only Democrats to get that agenda done. Again, for this question, looking at chunks, what's the bipartisan plan moving forward?
6: Well, look, in the history of reconciliation and the use of it, uh, it's been bipartisan about 20 times you can't it's not the rule you can't vote for it if you're from the other party that's not the rule at all um, and if anyone's telling you that that's not true uh, i would say that what's perplexing to us uh, and maybe somebody asked mr mccarthy this or not is are republicans now against negotiating uh, lower prescription drug prices are they now against lowering the cost of childcare? are they now against lowering the cost of elder care I mean, if they allow us to claim all of those things on the Democratic side, we'll take them. But it is a little perplexing that they would, uh, they would allow for us to own all of the ground on that.
15: One last question.
6: Japan is
28: declaring a widespread state of emergency as it faces a record-breaking rise in COVID cases. Four out of five people in Japan are vaccinated against the virus, but very few have gotten booster shots. The Japanese government is now taking steps to ensure more
8: people get the booster jab. Japan will put Tokyo and 12 other prefectures under a quasi-state of emergency. COVID-19 cases are surging rapidly across the country. The country on Tuesday reporting a record high of more than 30,000 cases. But according to government data, only 281 people were in serious condition. Now, under a quasi-state of emergency, authorities can ask restaurants to shorten hours and stop serving alcohol. Residents are also asked to avoid traveling. Now, Japan has frequently enacted state of emergencies throughout the pandemic. Last fall, Japan lifted a months-long state of emergency. After a slow start, Japan now has widespread vaccination, but its rollout of booster shots has been slow. Japan has fully vaccinated roughly 80% of its population, but only about 1% of its population has received a booster shot as of January 10th. The government has pledged to speed up the pace, announcing this week that it would help local governments establish large-scale vaccination centres for boosters. Japan had managed to curb COVID-19 cases last fall, with the daily case counts falling to just a few hundred a day.
29: Now, Chief Justice James...
8: The Federal Court of Australia have released
28: the detailed reasons behind Novak Djokovic's deportation from Australia, Mark Stevens is in Melbourne. Mark, this is the final act in a long saga.
29: May well be, Anna. Of course, uh, Djokovic lost his appeal on Sunday and was deported from the country. A huge story, of course, in Australia. Now, Chief Justice James Alsop has just released... uh, The key finding that was a detailed release, a lengthy document, in effect, he's backed up the Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, and his theory that uh, Djokovic, by playing in the Australian Open, would in fact inflame uh, anti-vaxxing sentiment, young and old, and have an effect on the community. As I said, there's some key points here uh, from Chief Justice Alsop. He, He goes on to say, even if Mr Djokovic did not win the Australian Open, the capacity of his presence in Australia playing tennis to encourage those who would emulate or wish to be like him is a rational foundation for the view that he might foster anti-vaccination sentiment the chief justice uh, also went on to say that it was not irrational for the minister to be concerned that the asserted support
0: how ridiculous is that it's very ridiculous all right next
28: One of New South Wales' most senior police officers has left the force after more than three decades of service. Deputy Commissioner Michael Willing announced his departure to colleagues just days after the state's previous commissioner, Mick Fuller. During his career, Mr Willing had been in charge of counter-terrorism and the homicide squad. The move comes two months after an unsuccessful bid to become commissioner. The Daily Telegraph is tonight reporting he was asked to leave by his new boss, New South Wales Police Commissioner Karen Webb.
7: Next. Good to see you back in the room again. You know, these uh, in-person briefings were not in place, and I'm happy to be back here in front of you and have an opportunity to uh, just give you an update on some good news. Uh, and, again, we want to apologize that we have to depart soon. Uh, Stephen McDonald's, he finished today. I remember, uh, when he was a chef sh- was shot when I was a police officer. I'm, I'm happy to be with the family uh, today. Uh, but before we get on our COVID briefing, which I believe is going to be some great news, I uh, just want to really touch on uh, the horrific incident that took place over the weekend. Uh, former transit cop, I know uh, the, the safety and how safety matters in our transportation system. Uh It was extremely impactful for New Yorkers, and I spoke with various communities, did a Zoom here from the office, uh, losing a New Yorker in that fashion, and just really doubled down on our concerns uh, that our system must be safe. Uh, it must be safe from actual crime, which we are going to do. Uh, and it must be safe from those who feel as though there's a total level of disorder in our subway system. Day one, January 1, when I took the train, I saw the homelessness, the yelling, the screaming early in the morning. Uh, crimes right outside of uh, the platform. Uh, we know we have a job to do, and we're going to do both. We're going to drive down crime.
0: Yep, he is. All right, next. But he can't do it. Next. Dan Ball. Listen to this.
18: A bombshell Judicial Watch report proves Biden's FBI has a Project Veritas investigation ties and connections to Pfizer. Judicial Watch filed a Freedom of Information Act regarding Pfizer and the government's connection to the investigation of Project Veritas, that whistleblower that came out. ...and expose that fetal...
0: Next.
9: All right, so breaking news now. President Biden's vaccine mandates. A federal judge in Texas has just blocked Mr. Biden's vaccine mandates for federal... Critics say the measure will have little effect as 98% of federal employees are already vaccinated... But the DOJ says uh, not so fast. They're going to challenge that. Just
2: a short time ago, actually, top of the hour, the DOJ announcing that they are going to appeal this federal district judge's decision. The judge, Jeffrey Brown, who was appointed, by the way, by President Trump, said that the case was not about whether individuals should be vaccinated or even about federal power generally, but rather, quote, whether the president can, with the stroke of a pen and without the input of Congress, require millions of federal employees to undergo a medical procedure as a condition of their employment. And then once again, the DOJ says that they are appealing the ruling.
9: Yeah, as with so many of these, the question is, who decides? And they're saying it's not up to one person, essentially, to make that call. Look, I urge every American to take a look at what y'all are doing. I urge every mayor in America to follow suit, to use the resources, the rescue plan, the resources that were intended not just to stave off disaster, but to build for a future around the people who make communities run. Use your funds to cover child care costs or temporary paid leave to help certain workers dealing with Omicron. Build pathways to better jobs through union-based apprenticeships on on-the-job training. to Give people in every zip code a chance to deal for themselves and deal them into this booming economy. That also means building more affordable housing so people can have safe places closer to their jobs. Funding proven programs to help fight violent crime. We shouldn't be cutting funding for police departments. I propose increasing funding. Look, you know we ask cops to do everything, including be psychologists and social workers. Guess what? They need psychologists and social workers. No, I mean it. Not
21: a joke.
0: It's ridiculous what he says. All right, next.
21: Leadership crisis of Boris Johnson. Does Boris Johnson have your 100% support without reservation? In your view, is his leadership tenable? Many have said his days are numbered. Your response, please. When there is next a vacancy to lead the Conservative Party, will you run?
16: The Prime Minister has my 100% support. He is doing an excellent job. Britain was one of the first countries to roll out the COVID vaccine, We've had a very successful booster program. We're now able to open up our economy again in Britain, and we've got one of the fastest growing economies in the G7. And the reason uh, that we're here in Australia is working with our very close partners to advance freedom and democracy around the world and to protect our country. I want the Prime Minister to continue as long as possible in his job. He is doing a fantastic job.
18: Let's talk about uh, the mess right now that I think the Democrats are facing. Uh, and it's so early. I mean, really, we have a year and a half until the election. Uh, but. Uh, if Democrats want to know what they're going to be facing, I let, let's talk about it right now. Because if I were a Republican running. I would say Democrats can't protect us across the world. Democrats can't protect our street and Democrats can't protect us at the border. There is. We don't talk about it enough. Uh, There is a massive border crisis on the southern border right now. Uh, And if Democrats don't want to talk about it...
0: This is on MSNBC. And the other guy, he's like, "Um, okay, okay, okay.
18: That's fine. Uh, It will find them. Uh, over the next uh, 16 months uh, politically. Uh, And then there's this chaos in Afghanistan, and we've talked about crime, uh, which, of course, I had people telling me for a year, oh, it's just an exaggeration, law and order, racist, bigoted, whatever. Eric Adams runs on protecting streets and police reform. He wins the Bronx. He wins Queens. He wins well, Staten Island uh, and he wins Brooklyn he wins everything except for the, the, the sort of wealthier parts of Manhattan Democrats have to understand this is coming and I don't know where mission control is on the Democratic side uh, but somebody Donnie needs to get that and they need to start responding well, one year into the Biden presidency report card time how's he doing so far I think report cards can look pretty good.
9: That's where we're at.
27: Well, the president seems to think he's doing a good job, but how does America grade him on the subjects that matter? Let's find out. Hey, to F, I'm giving him a C.
18: C? Why a C? T to ring to a C minus. F minus. F minus, why? You want me to start with the reasons? How would you grade him on uh, foreign
27: policy? Uh, P plus. How do you do in Afghanistan? Uh, he did. He did what other people said they were going to do, and he didn't do. Left a lot of people there. Oh, that, that's part
18: of the deal. I'm gonna disable a disabled vet, so military and F. The people that I know that are supporters of of uh, Mr. Biden, President Biden, they cannot give me a reason. A hey F. Oh, A plus. A plus on what? What do you give him an A plus on? It's Explain a- why. Okay, I'm good. I'm- How's he doing so far? I, I wouldn't know. He's always sleeping. An F for Jim? Yeah. The way the economy is, F minus? One year in office, what do you give him? F. Why an F? Yeah. He hasn't done anything. Show me show me something of value he's done. What letter grade for the pandemic? I'm giving him a D.
24: D, why a D? I'm a D. He's not, he's not for people's rights. I don't like the man. Next. Mass trials are on their way in Cuba for those that spoke out against the government last July, demanding freedom. At least 60 protesters have already been sentenced, and more than 40 are expected to hear their punishment this week. Some are facing sentences as long as 30 years. According to reports, minors and even those with mental disabilities are among those facing time in
3: prison. I have family there who've seen like everything unfold, and it's really sad that people can't be honest with their with themselves and even have to go into hiding
0: it seems like it's like the uh january 6 right
17: next many many lives because of joe biden because of his incompetence his stubbornness his limited in- many many lives because of joe biden because of his incompetence his stubbornness his limited intelligence lots of reasons So we lost a war, and now it looks like a war is about to start, thanks to Joe Biden and his incompetence, his stubbornness, his limited intellect. It does appear as though Russia is on the verge of entering Ukraine once again, just like they did in the Obama-Biden administration. And this was really bad stuff that resulted. Joe Biden has never worn the uniform of our country. It's very easy for him to say, well, little, little invasions, no big deal, right? I still can't believe he said it. I'm not so sure he has
9: a uh, certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does, it's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc.
17: Yikes. Um, It's bad stuff. And uh, you saw his people had to go out the next day and spin, 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 say that's not really what he meant. We are strong. We are strong. We are strong. All these talking heads all over the place. But they don't add up to the president of the United States. He said it. Uh, Ukraine is more vulnerable now, and Russia seems to be holding all the cards. One of the problems here, Joe has not revamped his national security team. After the horrible loss in Afghanistan, you would have thought that maybe he would have gotten rid of, I don't know, his national security advisor, a guy by the name of Jake Sullivan, who smugly and um, just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And nobody was really calling him out on anything Fake news got a little bit touchy, but he still works there. Uh, when we were raising concerns about Afghanistan and getting out, and boy, oh boy, this looks awful. This looks just like Saigon. What did he say? To be fair, the helicopter has been the mode of transport from our embassy to the airport for the last 20 years. But you know the luxury. That's that It's not the that helicopter. Is how we
24: move it's not the back mechanism.
17: It's not the same thing, of course. It's far, far worse. But uh, he got away with that. He did. Still working. Nobody's been fired because then Joe would ultimately be responsible. So we have Vladimir Putin, who's enjoying the hell out of this. And we've got uh, President Zelensky. So for uh, now a second time, uh, America must really, he must wonder about us, right? The Congress pursued that phony impeachment against Donald
0: All right. Let's get to the next one.
17: So, I'm not sure if I should ignore the racism of MSNBC or highlight it, but tonight I am going to highlight it because it's affecting the country. Nobody really watches this show, but it's having an impact at the same time, the way our government operates, so it affects basically America. Here
21: it is. Let me, let me ask you this question. Do you think it was a mistake looking back? Because, you know, the, 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 the infrastructure bill um, that was passed was cleaved apart from what's now being called Build Back Better. And in a sense, it's a bill that's like a white guy employment act, right? There's going to be a lot of working class men that are going to get employed by that bill. But that's the very cohort that is much more likely to reward Republicans for that. That's who they vote for. Most, you know, working class white guys vote Republican.
17: Wow, we don't want those working-class white guys to get jobs. Working-class, no, 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 no. We want to—this is all politics. We want to score political— This is a horrible, corrupt, vile way to look at the world. By the way, I want everybody to have a job. I want all working-class people to have jobs. Upper-class, middle lower, no matter what their race. But this is horrific. Now, it's not just some idiot on television spouting out hate. This kind of nonsense, they're worried about her. The government, Pete Buttigieg, wants to appease her. And not just Pete, the Attorney General of the United States. Because what he's about to say, it's a fantasy. It doesn't exist. We are wasting our time pursuing phantoms.
0: All right.
18: Some of them, a small number, do tune into these fringe channels if they can find them somewhere.
13: Well, that was Brian Stelter talking about... Newsmax's coverage of the Trump rally and how many people would watch it well guess what the numbers are in and well I hate to disappoint Brian Stetler over there at CNN but Newsmax crushed it here are the numbers we came out on top 2.3 million viewers watched it on cable according to Nielsen. CNN trailed behind Newsmax by 300,000 viewers during that same period. Of course, you'll remember during that clip, he just said that we're fringy and no one could watch it, which frankly makes it more embarrassing. If it's harder to watch us, if it's harder to find us and more people watched us, that's kind of embarrassing. I called Brian earlier.
0: (laughs) That's great. All right, next.
9: Rock and roll bands. I want to talk about one of the greatest rockers. Of all time, any generation. Meatloaf. Sadly, he passed away last night at 74 years old, reportedly from complications from COVID. But I don't want to talk about that either. I want to talk about the lifetime of
14: memories that he left behind.
0: He was a great guy. He was a great guy. Alright, so let's go to the next one.
25: M&M's have gone trans. They're trans. They're not, they're not transitioning from one sex to another sex. They're not transitioning necessarily from dark chocolate to milk chocolate, say. Certainly not white chocolate. Could you imagine how racist that would be? But the M&M's are going woke. Mars Incorporated the candy company that owns M&M's, gave an announcement yesterday. They said, said, we took a deep look at our characters, both inside and out, and have evolved their look, personalities, and backstories to be more representative of today's society. As the world changes, so do we. The characters are now going to have, quote, a fresh, modern take on their style and more nuanced personalities to underscore the importance of self-expression and power of community through storytelling. Because today's, quote, more dynamic, progressive world demands it. We are talking about candy-coated chocolate bites, and we are getting a dissertation on the progressive nature of our society. Why are they doing this? I actually think there's something deeper going on in this story than just the silliness of, of a piece of candy going trans. Mars says, quote, studies show our desire to belong is as strong as our desire to be loved, and that desire is common for all people, irrespective of culture, race, ethnicity, geography, or location. Again, this release coming from a candy bar company. They showed, uh, the, the Mars company, showed a glimpse of this new program in an Instagram video. They say, we're on a mission to create a world where everyone feels they belong, using the power of fun. Join us for all fun kind. Head on over. So they're saying this world is progressive, so...
0: When I think about this, I'm like, oh my god, now I cannot eat a good candy bar, or a good candy that I like. I mean, I like um, M&M's, don't get me wrong, m ms is a big company. Would I still eat them? I don't know. But. Listen to this. Um. This. There was a shooting today. Um. A officer was killed. And this was the, um. One of the speakers. The NYPD Union. Uh. President.
10: You know, as we ran into this hospital today, you don't know what to expect and. There were hundreds of police officers running down the street, dropping their cars on the corner, running to this hospital. They were running to this hospital because they just carried two brothers out of a a hallway into this hospital to try to save their lives. Hundreds and hundreds of police officers are standing here today because their hearts tell them they have to be here because they feel like they're alone. We got to end that here today. Our hearts are broken. We're in shock. Our knees are buckling. And we're angry!
29: He
0: should be at a protest against Alvin Bragg, who's the DA.
10: Because we've been here before! We're angry because we saw it coming! We're angry because we said it was going to happen, and it happened again!
0: Yeah, because you have Alvin Bragg. Alright, next. Next media is still on with Governor DeSantis refusing to say if he's vaccinated or not. Whatever, we're not going to discuss about that. We're not going to. All right.
18: It's a really difficult one because on the one hand, I kind
28: of think...
0: Next, let's go to Australia.
28: The cost of groceries is a top concern for voters ahead of the upcoming election. 42% of Australians say groceries and basic shopping needs is the biggest cost of living pressure they face, according to a survey conducted by nine newspapers. 35% say utility bills are a leading pressure, while 23% nominated insurance costs and 21% say car-related costs, such as fuel, registration and tolls, are a pocket pinch. 19% of those surveyed say the cost of buying or renting a home is a key issue. More than half believe young people will never be able to buy a home. It is expected cost of living will be a major battleground at the federal election.
4: New rail tunnels under the Hudson River are one step closer to reality. The $12.3 billion Gateway Tunnel Project to build new train tunnels and rehab the existing 111-year-old tubes has gotten an upgraded rating of medium high from the Federal Transit Administration, meaning the project is now eligible to move forward to the grant process and eventually federal funding. The news underscores a major shift in the project's fate under the Biden administration. Under former President Trump, the project was graded medium low, making it ineligible for federal funding. But leaders submitted a new financial plan this summer, with New York and New Jersey making a $6 billion commitment and Amtrak pledging $1.4 billion to supplement the money coming from the federal government. The project still has some more regulatory hurdles to move through before it gets full funding, but a spokesperson for the Gateway Program says the target date to begin construction is summer of 2023.
10: Towards rebuilding the infrastructure... And moving on, Israel announcing the investment of some $35 million towards rebuilding the infrastructure around the Western Wall complex in Jerusalem, or the Kotel. Good news for visitors to the Holy Land and its holiest of cities, Jerusalem. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett announcing a new plan to rebuild the infrastructure surrounding the Western Wall, or Kotel, at the weekly cabinet meeting on Sunday. No word yet, however, on the specific applications of the cash. Including whether any funding will be allocated towards repairing the dangerously neglected Mukhabi Bridge, linking from the Western Wall Plaza to the Temple Mount complex beyond the wall. That said, we do know that some repairs are already starting on the bridge over the summer, and the general overview of the new budget, known to be centered on the gender segregated areas. Much to the chagrin of rights activists like the Women of the Wall and other supporters of the pluralistic prayer space, whose construction has been approved but indefinitely frozen. In fact, because of this exclusion, ministers Tamar Zandberg, Nachman Shai, Amar Barlev, and Elazar Stern abstaining from the vote on the plan entirely. And deputy head of the World Zionist Organization, Yitzhak Hes calling the move a shockingly shameful abandonment and a tremendous missed opportunity for democracy, equality, and Zionism. Still, the relevant ministries already approving the 110 million shekel, or $35 million, budget. According to the plan, the money is to be spent over five years on developing and upgrading new educational plans, transportation infrastructures and services, and handicapped accessibility to the plaza through new technological platforms. Bennett explaining that as the Kotel is one of the holiest and most important sites to the Jews as well as to foreign visitors, the plan will, quote, continue upgrading urgent infrastructures and assisting in encouraging masses of additional visitors. ILT...
3: Thousands of new cases of corona.
10: Hello and welcome to ILTV's Israel Daily. I'm Aaron Porras. And before we begin, we want to thank the thousands of you. Newscast, Israel weighs easing quarantine policy despite an estimated 200,000 new COVID infections per day. Meanwhile, an Israeli delegation arriving in Khartoum just months after the military coup in Sudan. And finally, a diet for your brain, a new study linking what we eat to repairs in cognitive injury cabinet once again easing restrictions on quarantines, despite the country passing yet another grim milestone. Over 2 million Israelis infected with coronavirus since the start of the pandemic. ILTV's Marni Shamroth with the
3: details. Tens of thousands of new cases of coronavirus confirmed overnight Wednesday, setting yet another record for the third day in a row. And this bringing the total number of infections in Israel to over 2 million since the start of the pandemic the infection rate at a staggering 17%, and the death toll rising by 59 this week to 8,362. Then adding to the bad news, Health Ministry Director General Professor Nachman Ash predicting that the peak of the current Omicron wave likely another week or so away. And as it is, Ash estimating that there are at least two to three times more daily cases than are recorded, saying that it is not impossible that we stand at over 200k verified cases per day especially as some 12% of the daily cases recorded among previously infected individuals, mostly people in their 20s and 30s who have not yet been vaxxed. The most concerning figure to the government, however, the number of Israelis in isolation. Over 230,000 Israelis already in quarantine, and that number rapidly rising, nearly 41,000 entering isolation on Wednesday alone. And this is to say nothing of the tens of thousands of students, as well as their working-age parents, who are entering isolation and thrusting the economy into a de facto lockdown. Education Minister Yifat Biton, therefore calling on her colleagues to greatly reduce quarantine restrictions for school-aged children. Specifically, she's pushing to allow all students, vaxxed or not, to be able to exit quarantine and return to studies after passing just one adjutant test. This wears currently, only vaccinated students have this option, while their unvaccinated peers must isolate for at least a week. In any case, Shasha Bitton's expected to get her wish, with one potential method of making it happen, being to test students daily, and to only force the infected into isolation.
0: Next.
8: Keep your sound on with your screen off. Try YouTube Premium
22: on us. Well, this is something you don't hear every day. Monkeys are on the loose in Pennsylvania.
10: A tractor-
0: the doctor says no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Was it Dr. Fauci?
22: They carrying about a hundred monkeys collided with a dump truck just off Interstate 80 near Bloomsburg last night. Some folks who live nearby are helping the state police search for the monkeys. I saw it on Facebook and actually it started as kind of a family fun joke about just making an experience and going to try to save a monkey. <laughs> so I actually brought a kennel, flashlights, night vision goggles. <laughs> State police are telling the public not to attempt to capture the monkeys on their own, but to call 911 and let the experts handle it.
10: Well, the elites, our elected officials, particularly of the left, they're the worst offenders. But while they should be looking after things like law and order and doing the basic jobs Mm. that we elect governments to do, they're ignoring all that. There's a great example, Rita, from California. Uh, So talk us through this.
19: Well, California, they need to build a wall around California because there there are just people streaming into Texas and Florida, and the bad thing is they keep voting for the same putrid policies that ruined California when they go into these...
0: This is from Australia. They're right. All right, next.
10: In the States as well, this was hilarious, Uh, a story uh, that illegal aliens James Oh this is great This is great If they if they're going if illegal aliens are going to fly around the states they don't need to show any proper identification they no. just show their arrest warrant Oh Your arrest warrant Genius I think that is, is good such and that I'll get genius. To the plane if your choice So you know arrested for uh,
0: Wow such a genius Uh
10: you know hijacking an airplane Yes sir that's good yes, that's, that's good. That'll
0: do. <laughs> Yes sir you're allowed to come in you are you have a warrant for arrest? You're sir, you're allowed to come in. All right. Folks, it's ridiculous. Really it's ridiculous. New
25: information from the CDC today. A new report out just this week says vaccines, get this, were less effective than natural immunity against the Delta variant.
6: Fox 31 digital data reporter DJ Summers went through that report very closely. And DJ, what did you find out about it?
10: It's a complicated study with a really simple conclusion. You have better protection against Delta if you were previously infected than if you were vaccinated. A previous infection was six times stronger than a vaccine alone during Delta. That's because two things happen. Vaccines got less effective and natural immunity got more effective. Take a look. That vaccine got four times less effective alone during the Delta wave as beforehand.
25: All right, so what happened with natural
10: immunity in that same time, DJ? Exactly the opposite, Matt. Natural immunity got stronger. Before Delta, Californians in this study were about seven times less likely to be infected if they were unvaccinated but had gotten COVID before. After Delta hit, they were 29.
0: 29- like what I said, folks, natural immunity always works. Listen to this, by the way. Um, Saki confuses the, the president
21: retiring and resi- a little bird told me that you said you might be retiring and resigning the job this year
0: this is um the view
21: say it isn't so <laughs> is it true i you know
6: i i don't know when i'm leaving uh this is an honor and a privilege and i love working for president Ob- president biden every
0: uh which president does he work single he day work for? I- that's ridiculous all right Kyle Rittenhouse has been added to defendant civil lawsuit by the parents of Anthony Huber, a Wisconsin man, Rittenhouse fatally shot in Kenosha Street's protest in August of 2020.
28: Troopers in the Pennsylvania state.
0: Of course, Doug Ducey sued Biden. For its demand on the federal relief of money um, to schools uh, that don't um, have mask requirements to close due to outbreaks. All right, that's looking it. All right, everybody. Before we go, um, we have a few announcements. Monday, we are having a big, big show. We're going to be speaking to a few people. Number one, we're going to be speaking to Project um, Trust, which is an organization that speaks about um, technology. And we're going to be speaking to um and a couple other organizations during the time. So remember to support us and listen to the podcast. If you missed the other podcast, you can listen to the other podcast. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see everybody on Monday. Have a wonderful week, and until then, have a wonderful day.